Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, the first Week Zero recap and reaction show. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on social media, at GaryWCE. I'm still suspended on Twitter, so hit me up on TikTok and on Instagram. Uh, things are things are changing. I don't know when the hell I'm going to get unsuspended from those. Uh, but either way, go ahead, make sure and click like and click the subscribe button. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, I would highly recommend that you do so. And uh, let me go ahead and introduce you to a good friend of mine, a guy that I have known since I was four years old, five, maybe. Uh, We lived on the same street when my family moved to Memphis, uh, to Olive Branch specifically. Uh, Matt Huey. Matt, how are you? Tell them where they can find you, all that good stuff. I am Matt, Matt Huey. I am probably not what you think. I am actually a physical therapist. And that is my, that is my full time job. I am a physical therapist, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok under uh, Matt underscore PT underscore Dip underscore MDT. I do a lot of goofy stuff on there. Also, run my own little clinic and stuff like that. But a big college football fan as well. Most certainly, I will make sure and put your uh, screen names in the description there but yeah uh it looks like we got a few people watching 12 people watching uh not that many likes though so go ahead again hit that like button for us it helps get it out in front of more people uh, and that helps us out so matt is going to jump in with me i found that it was incredibly difficult to do these reaction shows by myself when you don't have somebody to bounce ideas off of to bounce you know reactions off of it's kind of it's kind of difficult so uh, we talked about it a little bit, you know, a couple weeks ago. I said, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? I know that he watches college football and, uh, and he said, yes, absolutely. And that worked out pretty well. So, uh, yeah, we are going to, we're going to try this thing out again, just so everybody knows, I want to be as transparent as possible. Uh, 
my wife could go into labor at any point. So I don't know uh, what that's going to look like, when it's going to happen, etc. cetera. Uh, she is due in two weeks from yesterday. So I, I will be putting out college football content through all of it, uh, but there might be a day or two where I am at the hospital. So just so everybody knows, I know there are a lot of people that come here to get their you know, college football previews and predictions and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, be prepared. Be prepared for that. All right, Matt, uh, first off, let's let's start off with this. Opening thoughts of the, you know, week zero. What, what, what did you think? I thought it was actually a pretty good weekend. Very entertaining games. Wasn't was like as bad of like as beatings of, of teams on there. I, I was entertained all day. I was entertained from the first game until the last game. I felt they were all pretty good. Opened kind of with a dud. Right. I mean, and we'll start with that. Let's go on and start with Notre Dame. Uh, and my, my thoughts on the entire day were eh, not uh, not fantastic, um, but it was incredibly entertaining in the nightcap. Right. Notre Dame came out and just bashed them immediately. And uh, let me write our times down so I, I know exactly how to uh, how to do the chapters here in a little bit. But Notre Dame 42, Navy three, uh, Sam Hartman came out just slinging and, and we'll go on and change over uh make sure i get the design stuff correct on here so you can actually see everything so we'll change that and we'll put this up there uh yeah 42 to 3 no turnovers in the game uh biggest stats that we look at are points per play uh success rate and then of course down here there will be tackles for loss right notre dame had five uh success rate i mean when two-thirds of your plays are successful i mean it's just absurd this was too incredibly unevenly matched teams. Oh, yeah. Navy looked like they had no business being on that field. And Matt, this is the fourth time in a row, fourth season in a row, that Navy has just been blasted in week one. And this is with a new head coach. Brian Newberry came in. He had talked all offseason, right, all through fall camp about how they were going to be more physical. They had to get ready for physicality. That's something that they had not done at Navy in the past, you know, three seasons. Uh, but they got beat, what, 55-3 to by BYU in 2020. They got beat 49 to 7 by Marshall in 2021. And then last year, they lost at home to Delaware uh, 14 to 7 in the first week. So this time, they go over to Ireland to play in Notre Dame, a team that they typically have at least spread success against. And they could do nothing. Uh, early on, it looked like they might be able to run the ball a little bit. They had some interesting wrinkles, but those guys could not get out of their own way. I mean, it was just, it looked like a debacle from the word go. Is, is that kind of what you thought here? Yeah, when it came out, Notre Dame, when they got the ball, because they got the ball to open up, straight down the field, I'm like, okay, Notre Dame's looking pretty solid. That's, that's good. But, yeah, Navy watching them, I'm like, not even in the same ballpark of, of anything. Running the option, the triple option, like that, I'm like, yeah, you're going to get yards. It's going to be tough to defend on some of it. But Notre Dame is, is like, no, th th these are not two teams even remotely close. Right, right. I, I did find it interesting. Notre Dame did come out throwing the ball down the field. Uh, the line, as you as you can see on the screen there, uh, Notre Dame was favored by 20 and a half. They won by 39 points. And both teams missed a field goal. So prayers to those that had the uh, the over 49 and a half or 50. Uh, because both of those field goals would have hit that over. But uh, 
Yes, just a little bit rainy and whatnot, but Sam Hartman, I mean, he was 19 out of 23, 251 yards, four touchdowns, looked spectacular. He hit eight different receivers in this one, and they were not scared to throw the ball down the field. No. Uh, they had two touchdowns to the freshman, right? Uh, John, uh, and I can't even read my own writing. Uh, let's go on and pull it up. Let's pull it up on the screen, and you can actually see it. Uh, let's see. Great House, that's his name. Three receptions, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he averaged like 22 and a half yards per reception. When when Notre Dame can throw the ball down the field and still run it the way that they did, uh, 32 carries, 191 yards. I mean, that's that ain't bad. Six yards a carry is not bad. So oh, yeah, this I team, felt like their line was just manhandling, oh, just whatever they wanted to do. Yes. Yeah, anything they wanted to do, it was a bloodbath from the word go. 14 to nothing in the first quarter. They came out and scored two more touchdowns. And the fact that Navy could do nothing. I mean, that's that's the scary thing. Uh, you look at the drive chart here, and we'll swap it over. All right, so the drive chart, uh, Navy, so turnover on downs. They got down there. I mean, think about how different this could have been had, you know, uh, Navy maybe scored on that first drive. It, it might have done a little bit different. I, don't, I think Notre Dame still would have done whatever they wanted to. But it could have at least made the game interesting. But turnover on downs for Navy, uh, a punt, a missed field goal after a 14-play, eight-minute drive. So they got zero points. And then Notre Dame turns around and does a nine-play, 80-yard drive in a minute 42 to score before the half. I mean, it's – what do you do with that, right? So Notre Dame with a good quarterback is terrifying. Like <laughs> I was thinking of like, you know, they kept talking about like last year, Notre Dame, you know, uh, Notre Dame let off, Navy going to come back. And I was, I was thinking that, I'm like, okay, are they going to let up? Are they going to let them back in the game a little bit? They never did. did didn't yeah. let them back whatsoever, which I felt was good for Notre Dame. Like you, you kept on your game plan. You guys were focused. You kept doing what you were supposed to be doing the whole game. Yes, 100%. So it, it was – it was about what we expected. I'll tell you when it was 28 to 3 at the half or 28 to nothing at the half. I was looking back to last year where it was what 35 to 13 at the half and thinking, "Okay, does Navy come back like do they take Hartman out?" And and no, they kept him in right up until like midpoint of the fourth quarter yeah. just to make sure he got plenty of reps. They've got Tennessee State next week and then they go to NC State. Uh that's it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see what Notre Dame looks like in that spot. Uh, but this is a this is a fantastic team. All that talk about Navy, by the way, about the fact that they were going to, um, you know, possibly maybe start throwing the ball more. Uh, Ty Lavatai threw the ball six times, completed three of them for forty three yards. So, yeah, there, there was no no passing. It was just, it was just no. Well, even even once they got up, like it was it was nuts. All right, let's see. I see somebody jumped in already. Gary, turn up your microphone. All right, does that change anything? Can you hear that better? Matt, do you hear anything different? Oh, no, it sounds good to me. Mine? Yeah. Okay. If, if y'all bear with me, like I said, I am just a hillbilly like this. This is a lot of technology, and I am trying so hard with my this equipment here. So if it if it's bad on my end, we I will fix it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Best I can. We will figure it out. All right, let's see. But uh, but tell me your thoughts on USC, and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to you and then pop back in. All right. So USC, I, I kind of expected with with that one, like they were just going to come out and smoke uh, 
San Jose State, like just come out. It's just it's not even going to be like a game because was well, the rank number six come out. I, yeah, this always going to run over it. But what it took them to the second quarter to to really start pulling ahead. It was what seven seven into the second quarter, and it's like why why are you letting San Diego uh, San Jose State stay in this game this long? And San Jose State put up a fight through it. Yes. And it really seems like, okay, I will I will say, first game, you, you kind of got to get in your rhythm. The game speed is different than practice speed. You can you just have, it's like, okay, we're, we're just not firing all, all cylinders. We kind of have to hit our rhythm. But it's like, ooh, it took you that long? I'm thinking it's not going to be some happy meetings this week about the that had the opening play of like why are you letting a team like that stick around for this long like put them away early to be fair san jose state of course they've got um uh Shevin cordero cordero good gracious i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to pronounce that name eventually siobhan cordero who used to be at hawaii he is uh the preseason all mwc quarter or, uh, offensive player of the year right that's that's what they're projecting uh so you knew that the offense was going to be all right but the fact that this thing was like 21 to 14 early uh just a debacle i mean it, it ended up 56 to 28 but 21 to 14 at the half okay um one why like usc's offense did not come out clicking right that's the first part of it uh the second part was i they didn't look they didn't look good on defense again and that's a typical thing now they've got like six games to go before they, you know, before they get to where they need to be, uh, because I think week seven or week eight, whatever, the seventh game of the season for USC, they play Notre Dame. That's when they're really going to have to worry about it. Uh, Cordero, by the way, for San Jose State, absolutely legit. He was 21 out of 38, 198 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, like San Jose State was able to put up some yardage, like total yards, 396, almost 400 yards. They ran the ball for 198 yards on 27 carries. I mean, just, just bonkers to think about. But, you know, I this was about what we expected. You knew that the USC offense was going to start clicking. They put up 21 points in the third quarter, put up another couple of touchdowns in the fourth. Um, yeah, Moss looked okay at quarterback. So I don't think they're going to be great if Caleb Williams goes out. But overall, you know, Williams did exactly what you expected. 278 yards passing. 18 out of 25, had four touchdowns. Um, he did not run the ball a ton. I mean, he he eight carries, but, you know, some sacks, whatever. He had negative two yards. Uh, didn't try to leave the pocket a whole lot. It didn't feel like. Uh, the stud, by the way, Zachariah Branch, that's the new freshman that came in, had like 200-something all-purpose yards. Uh, kickoff return for – or kick return for a touchdown. Like, absolute beast. Absolute beast. Uh, Will Cover jumped in, like the TV set up in the man cave. Uh, how many games can you follow at one time and make middle notes about what happened? <laughs> so three. Three at one time. That's why I've got three TVs. So <laughs> I think one uh, time we had five, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we, we had watched, a lot. We had, we had five. It's it's a lot. Uh, my monitor set up right now, I have five computer monitors so that I can pull up different stats and this and that. Um, but, yeah, like I, I don't think you can really do – Honestly, you can't really do good notes 
by doing more than like maybe one or two at a time. Uh, three is so that I can keep up with exactly what's going on. But, you know, I get my notebook and I, I start writing my notes down and figure out, all right, here's what I want to see about this. And then I go back and I watch the game. I've got YouTube TV. So on YouTube TV, I can go back and watch key plays. I can go back and see exactly where I was, what I want to watch in this exact moment. You know, it, it, it's easier that way for me. So that's, that's why I do that. What, what setup do you have, Matt? Oh my gosh. I was fighting with Hulu yesterday. So I ended up having to watch it on my laptop, but I will say it was not, I could just click back and forth between games. So, so that was, but it, it didn't show a couple games. And then I know that the Vandy Hawaii game got moved, but it was at least nice. I could click, click around. Yeah, it was not bad. It's not bad. Uh, But yeah, to close out USC, uh, Caleb Williams, he's still really good. Uh, Zachariah Branch, that's the new weapon. He's, you know, I think they're going to be fine without Jordan Addison. Um, Yeah, Dorian Singer was great. The transfer in from Arizona, like they, they got dudes. They got dudes. So the offense will be fine. It is whether or not the defense can actually put up a fight. And we're not really going to have to see if they can do that until, you know, they play Notre Dame in South Bend in, what, October 14th, I think it is. Yeah, I, and I never thought you, uh, San Jose State was going to be like, oh, this is going to be the upset. I, I didn't either. I know that they lost, <laughs> yeah. like, a ton of guys on defense last year. I knew the offense was going to be okay. I didn't think they'd be able to put up four touchdowns. Just my initial thought was, eh. You know, but I but I knew that there was potential. I love Brent Brennan, the head coach at uh, San Jose State. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of him. Like I think he's awesome. But I also know they did not have any kind of a talent advantage in this game <laughs> whatsoever. There was nothing that would point to San Jose State being able to stay in it. <laughs> yeah, you, USC will always get that talent. Like that's it. You're always gonna get that. You're in Southern California. It, you're in LA. You can recruit kids. Come to LA. Look at the weather. Look at you know, where you are. You know, pipeline to the NFL. All that. You, you're going to get good talent. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, uh, moving along, let's talk about the San Diego State-Ohio game. San Diego State wins 20-13. to Curtis Rourke goes out at the end of the uh, first quarter there, and that was kind of all she wrote because it didn't look like C.J. Harris knew what he was doing against a 3-3-5 defense, and that, I think, was very frustrating for Ohio. Now, at the same time, uh, before that last drive of the half for San Diego State, you know, it was a 3-3 ball game or 6-3 ball game at that point. Ohio had 209 yards to 84 uh, before that last drive of the half. And I don't know why San Diego State does not run, not run the ball, but run that two-minute offense more. Jalen Maiden, that quarterback, looked significantly more comfortable in that situation than he did at any other point in the game. 
Which, by the way, did you see him ding the ball off the ref's face? Oh, in this game, <laughs> I'm watching it and I saw it and I'm I I started screaming. I was like that. Yeah, it's that, insane. That was just. Oh, the whole thing was nuts. The whole thing was nuts. Um, it was a pretty looked, entertaining. Like when I, when I was watching it, I was like, man, this is really good. You know, this Ohio team looks pretty good. Oh yeah, like they were they were looking really good. I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a good game. It's it's mind blowing uh, when you look back at this because Ohio with Curtis Rourke, I think Ohio wins that game. Maybe going away, right? Now, maybe the San Diego State defense would have adjusted and went out, but they definitely did not know what they were doing early on, right? Uh, if you look at the if you look at the numbers for Ohio, uh, let's see, Curtis Rourke, eight of ten passing for seventy five yards, and and they had to kick a field goal with him, but he was like he was rolling until that sack, and then of course he was coming off that torn ACL, which he tore in you know mid to late November last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of the questions that I had is like, all right, I know there's a lot of advancements in modern medicine, right? Not a, a lot of new technology. So people can come back pretty quickly from a torn ACL. But, I mean, he got sacked and was still down on that field and went to the tent and never came back. And I just, I, I don't, if he wasn't ready, I'm sure maybe he was. But it just makes you wonder, like, did they put him in there too early, or did he feel uncomfortable and didn't want to go back out there? Like, what's it? you're you're a physical therapist, you know about this stuff. How quick can you come back from a torn ACL? And did he look right to you? So I would say I would say this. One thing I got so frustrated years ago when Adrian Peterson tore his, and I'll let all the fans know when he tore his and came back in what like six months or something, some yeah. ridiculous. Adrian Peterson. Is like an alien. He is not human. Like he can heal extreme. And somebody was like, "This is going to revolutionize health." Like, no, 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 no. Some people are different. <laughs> he is up here. We all live down here. Really, typically the rehab on it is like nine months. But I'll say, what I've seen all the ACLs I've seen, it is very hit or miss. It is really you could still have a lot of complications that arise from it. So he could have been still dealing with some issues going on, some like lingering pain, again, depending upon what the surgeon did in there or what kind of graph, like could still have been dealing with some issues on there. So I, I don't think he probably retore it. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll look up some stuff and, but he just, you know, maybe the strength wasn't fully there. He took that shot and was like, nope, no. And, and also the middle game, you, you, oh, yeah. You, you got to get used to getting hit again. You, you can get scared of saying, oh, I get hit. I could tear this thing again. But there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into it. He did, Yeah, he just didn't look quite right. Yeah, which is wild because he was still 8 of 10 for 75 yards passing. So, like, he still came out and was just slinging it around the yard. Like, he's a great quarterback. But it's kind of early, right? I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about this next week, I'm sure, because uh, it looks like Cam Rising from Utah is going to be the – uh, the likely starter for uh, for the Utes against Florida. But also, he tore his ACL on January 1st in the Rose Bowl. Like, okay, it's August. Like, what, what are we doing? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. But yeah, this, this game, there was still multiple opportunities for Ohio, right? It was only a 20-13 game. It was 20-6 to at one point late in the game. Ohio scored late. Uh, but three turnovers. 
from C.J. Harris. Just absolutely killed him. You look at the points per play, .351 for San Diego State, .159 for Ohio. But success rate, that was in Ohio's favor, 82 plays to 57. Like 82 offensive plays to 57 for Ohio. Uh, total yards was in Ohio's favor, 25 first downs to 15 for Ohio. Uh, but then you look at yards per play, you look at yards per rush attempt, that was San Diego State's biggest strength here was being able to actually run the ball. They got a good push on that offensive line. Um, and aside from that, like everything else, PPA per play was in San Diego State's favor. Standard down success, that was in their favor. This was This was good. Like two sacks to none. Uh, San Diego State did exactly what I thought they would. Kurt Maddox, the defensive coordinator there, I am a huge fan of his because uh, he he still runs that Rocky Long 335 defense, and it looked like it had C.J. Harris so confused at times. He did not know where the pressure was coming from. He didn't know where the coverages were going to be. Uh, I do understand there was an interception that was like bopped up and all that kind of stuff, uh, and Kerry Lee jumps in. He said, uh, San Diego State offense looks like last year. New OC, not that impressive. It's the first game. I mean, come on. Give him a break. <laughs> he said the defense saves him. Snapdragon was empty, 23,000 opening day in a 35,000-seat stadium. Temperatures were in the 70s and clear. Yes. However, they did get hit by a hurricane last week. So there was still flooding. There were still issues going on out there. So let's let's not slam San Diego State. Uh, I don't think Ohio is the biggest game going. So, and, and don't forget, like Brady Hoke, uh, what, they, what they do out there is not the most exciting brand of football. But they start winning. They string some wins together. Yeah, they're going to be fine. That stadium is going to be filled when they get a couple of those Pac-12 teams in there uh, this year. I don't remember who exactly is coming. Maybe Oregon State, maybe UCLA. But go ahead, Matt. They don't breathe, live and breathe football out there like they do, like we do in the South. Like, I will say, I have experience. Lived in California for a few years. Like, you know. Yeah, it's this is not like like I was I will say you grow up at SEC. If your team is good, you're there. If they're bad, you're there. It, it, it yeah. If they start doing, I do see it. If they start doing better, yeah, people are gonna start coming. Oh yeah, oh absolutely, absolutely. So uh, look, want to know on the season for San Diego State? I'm a I'm a fan. Uh, there were so many opportunities. I told uh, I told Parker from the uh, the Bet US show with me. I told him, man. It does not matter who wins this game. It's going to be the wrong side. Like, it doesn't matter because either team could have easily won this one. So I had San Diego State minus two. Parker had Ohio plus two. If Rourke stays in that game, I am convinced that Ohio wins it. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes you get lucky. That was part of my handicap was I don't know about Rourke. So that's the way it happens. Uh, we'll move on. We got, we got four more games that we need to hit. So let's go on and hit these bad boys. Uh, let me go and remind everybody, if you would, do me a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate you guys watching. Uh, got quite a few in here. Jump in the chat. If you got any questions, if you want any comments or whatever, uh, toss them in there. And obviously, we will be responding to them. So we certainly appreciate you for being here. We'll be here every Sunday. Uh, we're going to try and make it either noon or 1 o'clock. Just make sure that you are subscribed to the channel, and it's going to let you know. Uh, also, the podcast as well. I'm going to have some some shows that are on the podcast each week that won't be on the YouTube. Just a heads up. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast as well. All right, moving along. Vandy, 35, Hawaii 28. And Vanderbilt was an 18-point favorite here. Uh, my notes on this were I was wrong about Hawaii. I had the under 3.5 for them on the season. 
uh, at plus 105. Don't think that's going to happen because I do think Hawaii is going to win some games. Um, and my question here is, is Vanderbilt going to hit five wins again this year? Everybody thought, well, next up would be a bowl game. I don't know that that's in the cards here because Vanderbilt did everything they could to give this game away. They were up 35 to 14, and Hawaii was able to just throw the ball all over the field on them. That secondary for Vanderbilt was not, uh, they were not exciting. They were not uh, impressive at all. Uh, Matt, what were what were your thoughts on Vanderbilt here? So I kept flipping over. I really wanted to watch this game. And I know with, with the weather delay, it threw it off a little bit. And it, I felt like at times, like, oh, okay, like, Vandy looks pretty good. And then, like, hmm, Hawaii looks really good. And, yeah, like, Vandy's going to have a long year. If they if they keep playing like this, like, yeah, you you want it to just give that away. Like the, like the one um, when Hawaii got all the way down to the one, and that interception in the end zone that that should not have happened. You got lucky. Well, that was the on that. that was not the only goal to go situation where they didn't come out with points, right? Yeah, they, they had two goal to go spots where they came away with nothing. It was that a, that was a defensive lineman that ran that ball, wasn't it? I think so. It, I think so. And I'm watching him run. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I I will say this. I like why I like watching them play. They're fun. Ever since Colt Brennan was there, it was, it was fun to watch. But when he was running, I'm like, that's like a Hawaii running back right there. They're just they're just slow. But I was like, oh, a defensive lineman. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But oh, he sh- he should have got in. He should have got in. And then you 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 know interception right there. I'm like, oh, Vandy, Vandy's. I I was hoping Vandy was. It's it's going to be like, hey, you're going to be a, can maybe put up some effort here in in the sec but now nah, I, I, I don't think that they've got the horses to be able to do it but uh you know who knows like they came out of the gates hot last year they just they walloped hawaii 63 to 10 on the island but you know and you immediately thought okay well they've got they got the playmakers um you look at at what they did here we'll flip it over there uh patrick smith seven carries for 30 yards with a long of 21 that means Six of the carries went for a total of nine yards. If you cannot run on Hawaii, you are going to have problems. They ran the ball 26 times for a total of 39 yards. Now, don't get me wrong. Three of those were sacks of A.J. Swan, right? So negative 26. But this, that's an issue. That's a major issue. Uh, A.J. Swan looked good. But again, I don't know that Hawaii's secondary is anything to write home about. He was 19 of 30, 258 yards, three touchdowns. On the other side, I mean, the Schrager kid or Shaker kid for Hawaii, 27 out of 34 passing, 351 yards, three touchdowns. He did have the one pick in the end zone. Uh, and that that late play where the Morris kid throws the interception, mm-hmm. I don't know why you run that. I just I, I don't understand it. But I, Vandy had so many different opportunities in this game. Uh, and how this game did not hit an over or Vandy hitting the team total over, which was set at 37, they had 35 points with 14 minutes left in the game or whatever it was. I mean, it, like, I'm, I'm sure it had to be driving some people crazy. Uh, but they, Vanderbilt was the better football team. And just, they let Hawaii hang around the whole time. Is that kind of how you felt? They did. And, and I'm also thinking, wondering if Hawaii's playing because of all the stuff in Maui, in Maui and all that going on. 
that went. So did they come here, out? Let, with, me, let me interrupt you on that because I'm I'm very curious about this. So Maui is like a hundred miles away in two islands over from Honolulu, right? So I'm curious. Do it? It would be like Alabama players playing a game like four. Like, are they really fired up if like a hurricane hit Gulf Shores? Right? It's it's in Alabama, but it's it's not really right there. So I'm I'm curious what the what the mental thing would be for them, right? I think I think it's just the the na- you know the the because it was its own nation for a long time. Yeah. And if it's like you know our our people and this be a way that we can spread the message because they had one kid that was from there on the team that talked about he lost uh, cousins uh, and he, like he lost family members in it and let's say he said some of the proceeds from the game were going to go to some of the relief effort. So I, that's what I really felt like maybe Hawaii's going to come out in play with emotion due to that, you know, you're on the big time stage, bring a little bit more attention. You know, we can do this for our home state and our neighbors and our people here. So I felt like they were going to have a little bit more emotion when they, when they came over to play as well. I, I thought that was maybe going to be something that, uh, and I think the, the coach even had something on his shirt. Yeah. For So, so, I mean, I can understand like, yeah, it's, it's not the university, but it is your state and you're kind of, you know, you're by yourself and, you know, everybody in Hawaii goes to the, you know, that, you know, if you want to play football, you go to the university of Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. I always like watching them play. I always like, I mean, good gracious. They pay play at like 2 AM over here, but uh, there's, st- there's still so fun to watch. I still like watching them. Oh, agree. All the last year early was a debacle this year. Uh, going to be better. And in late last season, they were, Starting to come around, they were starting to look a little bit better. So, yeah, I I was here's why I was so concerned. Right, they lost four of their top six offensive linemen last year, and that was what they did best was they were able to get offensive line yards. They did not allow a lot of havoc, and they lost a bunch of those guys. So I was convinced because I the defense was pretty good, but they lost some guys there too. I just I I was very concerned. Uh, Damani S jumped in on the chat and he said, uh, Vandy's offensive stats are a little deflated since they returned to kick for a touchdown. They did do that. Uh, it was a 97 yard kick return for a touchdown that, uh, I mean, it's tore this thing wide open. Right. So I, again, Vandy had the speed advantage. They have the athletes and they, they could not put them away for whatever reason. You, you could, you could just, yeah. The, just seeing the players on there, there, there was a different in the quality of athlete that it's, Vandy had versus. I mean, Hawaii. Yes, like I said, people from Vandy Hawaii. Has speed advantage. I mean, that's <laughs> that's wild to think about. Vandy having a speed advantage over anybody. That is something else. Uh, let's see. Let's let's move ahead. We got two more. or no, three more that we got to hit here. Uh, next on the docket, we are going to talk about Jacksonville State and UTEP, and Rich Rod's boys, the Gamecocks in Jacksonville, Alabama, they get the win, 17-14. to This was ugly. This was uh, exactly what you would expect from a week zero game in Conference USA, right? Uh, Now, if you are a Jacksonville State fan, you still take a whole lot of good out of this, at least from my point of view. I think you still look at this as, yeah, this is, that's okay. We're trying to get acclimated, right? This. 17 to 14, UTEP had three turnovers. Gavin Hardison, there's a lot of people that like what he does because he can absolutely throw some zingers, right? He, he, 
every now and then is just deadly accurate with that football, some of those deep passes will go wherever. I mean, it's just who knows who he's throwing to or whatever. That UTEP offensive line, I knew that their defensive line was going to be, uh, I don't know that improved would be the word, but I knew that they would at least be formidable. And the reason for that, they got you know a bunch of JUCO guys coming in and whatnot. They got 38 new players on this team this year. But uh, I knew that they would be okay. But the fact that their offensive line was getting beat up by a formerly FCS team, uh, it, it was a mess. Both offensive lines had issues. Uh, let's pull it up on the screen here so you can actually see what we're what we're talking about. Three turnovers for UTEP, uh, 0.27 points per play for Jacksonville State to 0.20 for UTEP. Uh, UTEP, better success rate. They had more plays. They had more total yards by nearly 100 yards. Um, seven more first downs, more yards per play. Uh, but Jacksonville State, on the other side, five yards per rush attempt to only 3.6 for UTEP. Uh, and UTEP ran the ball one more time than they did, which is even more surprising to me, the fact that uh, Jacksonville State didn't run the ball more than UTEP. <laughs> Just wild. What uh, did you think about this? Zion Webb, by the way, the quarterback for uh, for Jacksonville State. Uh, good numbers here. I can't believe he threw the ball 20 times, but 10 out of 20 for 67 yards, only 6.7 yards per completion. He was throwing a lot of short stuff, which I would too if we ran the ball 44 times for 208 yards, right? First, I was surprised that Rich Rod was the coach. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> got, you I've forgot about little, that? I got a little bit out of it. The kids are keeping me busy on the weekends. And stuff. I understand. <laughs> but so I'm like, holy cow, Rich Rod. Like, okay, this should be interesting. And, yeah, UTEP. Like some flashes of like, oh, playing really good. Yeah, some hit some good passes, but other times like, who are you throwing to? And then yes, like just you threw it 10 yards over his head, like wide open if you had hit him, but then another time he'd just drop it right in. They were like, that was a great pass. But now I will say Jacksonville State, though, they they've been like a sneaky team in the past. Like, they'll jump oh, yeah. up and get a big win. Like, they beat, what, uh, Ole Miss Florida several State. years ago. Florida State two years ago. But, yeah. The, 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 so, it's like they have some heart there. And oh, yeah. it, it, I can see with, like, Rich Rod's offense, like, one, you need certain players. You need certain talent to run that. And, and like, it's, it's hard to get there. Like, you see, like, he doesn't quite have that. But also, I think a lot of people – figured out his offense over the years because you just keep seeing it everywhere he goes, like I mean, that, oh, that yeah. spread. So there, no one had to defend it. But I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I, I Again, that was another was one I thought was – yeah, it, it like, yeah, UTEP, I felt like this blew some opportunities there. And But, yeah, watching – I could see the flashes of that old spread offense in there, like, okay – you know, pulling the ball back, running. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. That, looked, that looks pretty good. I know there's some other things I thought was interesting. I didn't realize this about, like, with the players at Jacksonville State. And so, okay. one, they talk about, like, their size difference. Like, they don't have as big a guys. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they were in the FCS, right? But the but the uh, academics. 
and I was trying to look that up. What are the academic differences between the FBS and the FCS? I didn't realize like, that. I didn't even hear him talking about that. Yeah, he they just mentioned it and like it. Oh, like <laughs> that that could be kind of interesting. With with guys, you got to make sure that you know you know you can play. Uh, but I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of kind of interesting which i mean i'm all for people getting the opportunity to go to college if you can play ball going to college but yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting yep. if you, with, to, with players and staying eligible oh yeah something to pay attention to for uh for sam houston state next week when they play against byu that's something big there uh these the drive chart by the way um let's see so utep turnover on downs punt missed field goal fumble and a uh and a touchdown there and then you open up the second half interception punt punt touchdown punt turnover on downs like it was just it was a debacle jacksonville state uh they missed a field goal after being up 17 to 7 that i don't think it wouldn't have like put the game away but it would have made you feel a whole lot better and they they were holding on for dear life just holding on for dear life there because they they got that 17 to 7 lead. Uh they missed a field goal. They, it was it was a debacle. This game was again exactly what you think a week 0 game in conference USA should be. Yeah, <laughs> just the little things like that like okay. Just just not all put together like missed field goals, bad passes, turnovers like okay. Yeah, it was a miss. It, it, like yeah, like it was like oh, it's just, it's something to watch. Yeah. But I I, w- I was interested. So as soon as I saw Rich Rod, I'm like, oh, let, let me let me watch this. I watch so I watched a lot of that game. I, I just want to see that for the only standalone spots to be Notre Dame just walloping Navy, and then moving over to Jacksonville State and UTEP for a standalone for just a little while before you get Ohio, San Diego State, and UMass, New Mexico State, and whatnot. Okay. I guess I guess this is what we're doing. So I mean it was it was fun because it came down it was tight down at the wire, but also not good football. But what do you expect? I mean, it's week zero, it's UTEP and Jacksonville State. So um, one thing with all these games, I was really wanting to see what the heat and humidity would yeah. be doing to these guys. But but it seemed like most of these teams like came from somewhere with the same issues. So like UTEP, it's hotter than Satan's butt out here, and then I mean you're going to the middle of Alabama, so you're just throwing humidity on top of it. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. So being the game, I mean, so like, okay, like all these games, like, okay, it wasn't a team from way up north playing a team from way down south. Like everyone has been training in the heat, so that's what I was thinking about this one, and uh, probably the next one, the Florida. In the yeah, Louisiana Tech. Tech, yeah, I was really wanting to see if humidity and heat would play a factor, but I'm like, no, these guys are good on it. Yeah, but Florida International, hey, let's let's go on and move to that. Uh, Florida International, they they were they're used to that, right? They're totally used to that. Louisiana Tech 22, Florida International 17, and this one did not go at all the way that I anticipated. I thought that this game was going to be an over. The last three times these teams have played, it has gone well into the 60s. Uh, Sonny Cumbie, who is the head coach at Louisiana Tech, and David Yost, the offensive coordinator for FIU, 
Yost used to be at Texas Tech and at wherever else. Sonny Cumbie was also an OC at Texas Tech. Uh, both of these guys love to run a lot of plays, all this kind of mess, which we'll talk in a little bit about the uh, the clock rules, right? The the changes that they've made. But this was not how I envisioned it. They None of these teams looked sharp or anything like that. Uh, but even if they weren't sharp, I thought there'd be more attempts to go down the field, right? More attempts to like do something on that with offense because they like to score. Both of these teams want to put up a lot of points and it was a debacle. Now, of course, we did get news uh, early on that Louisiana Tech had two running backs out and let me see the names on these guys. Um, Let's see, we had Louisiana Tech without running backs, uh, Tyre, uh, or Tyree Shelton and Marquise Crosby. So both of their running backs were out for the game. But I don't think that was the issue here. I, Hank Bachmeyer, we knew that he he had declined when he was at Boise State, right? He's the new quarterback over at uh, over at Florida, or excuse me, over at Louisiana Tech. I don't know what to think about him right now. At least, and I know it's the first game. I get that. Uh, I'll go on and pull up the uh, stats here, but. Matt, tell me your thoughts on this. I, Louisiana Tech I, did not impress me. I, I thought Florida International was going to run away with it. When they came out and that running back, I mean, just ran through the hole. I'm like, okay, Florida International, they're going to they're gonna stick it on here and they're going to keep going. And, the, yeah, they're talking up the the quarterback there. What's his name? Uh, the quarterback at Florida International? No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Louisiana Bachmeyer. Tech. Bachmeyer. Bachmeyer. yeah. Talking him up. Oh, he's been at you know, Boise State. What? Okay, he just didn't. He didn't look impressive. He did like, hit Smoke Harris a couple of times. And Smoke yeah. Harris is just absurd. I mean, the speed on that kid is. He yeah. hit this one slant route where Harris takes it all the way down. You know, 60, 70 yards, whatever it was. But he just outran everybody, and that I think that's all you have to do in some of these cases, right? The teams you're going to be playing in Conference USA, you have an advantage. Like, get out there, get him on a slant, and let's go. Like, <laughs> it blew my mind. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just didn't think the court like as much as they talked him up. I'm like, he, he's just he didn't look impressive to me, no. and it just like the and it got really kind of dull there after a while. Like it's just back and forth and back. It was like, it, it was Louisiana Tech missed a couple of field goals and scoring opportunities, and it's like it couldn't put the ball in the end zone. No, that's the craziest it, thing to me yeah, is that it, it could not put the ball in the end zone. Uh, looking at the stats here, uh, you see the points per play. Like 0. 0.405 points per play for Florida International when they only scored 17 points, but that's because they only ran 42 offensive plays. Louisiana Tech had 78. I mean, look at the difference here. Uh, success rate 41% to 33%. Like that's big time. Louisiana Tech had more turnovers. Uh, this was look at the total yardage 447 to 182. Just a debacle. Florida International only got eight first downs in this game. They had 17 points with like 14 minutes left in the second quarter and then didn't score again for the rest of the night. And yet Louisiana Tech, it took them that long to be able to score that last touchdown. Uh, this was this was a debacle. I mean, again, I don't know what to make of Louisiana Tech because I thought that Cumbie's offense was going to come out swinging and I, I expected a whole lot more out of them. Uh, we'll we'll pull this up and look at the drive chart here, but it, it kind of gives you an idea of exactly what happened, right? Uh, 
they had to punt. They threw an interception. They kicked a field goal. They missed a field goal. Finally scored a touchdown and then kicked a field goal on the last play of that first half. So it's 17 to 13. But you come out and you fumble the ball and then you got to punt it, punt, field goal, missed field goal again. You know, you finally score a touchdown. And then it, it was, I did not expect this out of them. I expected high flying and I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a lot more. And I just, I just kept waiting. I'm like, when's, when's it going to happen? When's it? it yeah. It never did. Field goals, it was just like, what's going on? And nothing, nothing went on. That's the crazy thing. Uh, looking at the stats here, Bachmeyer, they threw it 44 times. Uh, 34 out of 44, 33 or 333 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Okay. Um, yeah, 2.9 yards per rush. That wasn't great. Uh, Smoke Harris is just another level down here. 11 receptions, 155 yards, one touchdown. Had that long of 64, that slant I was telling you about. Um, and on the other side, uh, this kid Lawrence for Florida International, uh, 15 carries, 139 yards. He he did have that one long touchdown run. Uh, but, yeah, this – I don't know what to make of Florida International either. They looked like gangbusters coming out early. But after that, I mean, they did absolutely nothing. And I, I did not expect Louisiana Tech's defense to be what won them this game. Uh, but it absolutely did. Yeah. You, you feel the same way? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I really thought it was like, yeah, Florida International. When they came out, they just kept at it. I was like, okay, they're go, they're going to run away with it. Louisiana Tech, they can't. They they're not really playing very well. And then yeah, just missed field goals, turnovers. You know, like, like what is happening? What is happening? What is this in the chat? Legit jumped in. He said, "R.I.P. Snoop Dogg." No way. And I, I'm suspended from Twitter, so I can't see nothing. So, I see I see nothing. No, he ain't. No, that ain't real. I oh, well. I don't see anything either. What are you doing in here, legit? Trying to jump in my chat. Mess up. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's close out with uh, with the last game, and and then we'll get out of here. So we, we've been at this for almost an hour. That's exactly what we said we wanted to do. Uh, we're going to have a lot more games to talk about next week. But UMass, 41 points, and New Mexico State scored 30. Now, this is the one that I was interested with the weather about, right? It, the line on this one ended up being uh, seven in favor of New Mexico State. It opened at 10 in the preseason, in the offseason, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it opened at 10, and it – Kept getting bet down. Everybody thought uh, UMass, UMass, UMass. And my number on this was New Mexico State favored by three. So I didn't bet this one. But I'm going to pull up the stats here. And, uh, brother, three turnovers for New Mexico State. Points per play. UMass had uh, .759 points per play. Uh, just insane. At 54 plays, they put up 41 points. They scored a defensive touchdown, obviously. Uh, that's good. New Mexico State had more yards, more first downs, more yards per play, more yards per rush. Uh, UMass, more yards per pass, which was interesting. But uh, the uh, Pumachan, that kid, was awesome. UMass has a quarterback. I'm, I'm very intrigued by what Don Brown is doing in his second year at UMass. 
he upgraded the talent significantly there. And while there were still some issues, I I don't know, man. Like, this team looks worlds better than they did a year ago. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? So what I saw before the season that like UMass is going to be terrible. Like, it was like oh, they're going to be bad. They're not going to be very good. Because eleven and one last year, and they brought in a a ton. They lost a ton of guys, didn't they? Yeah. It. So I, I was expecting like okay, New Mexico State. They were they seven and six. So like oh okay, you know they're coming up. I watching this, I'm like okay, U- UMass looks pretty legit. Oh no, they they they're contending. I mean, granted, it's New Mexico State, but they look better than what I thought. You you talked about the weather and and you, you were very interested in that, right? It was like ninety some odd degrees in yeah. Las Cruces, and UMass, of course, ain't used to that. No, no, <laughs> yeah, and yet there, it looked like it had no effect. No, yeah, the guys playing out there, like, still playing the whole game. Still, I don't. So I thought it was gonna be like a little bit more one-sided, but that was very I was very surprised on this one though. Like, oh, okay, might have to watch a little bit more UMass. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm curious to see what they look like because they they have somebody competent at quarterback for the first time since like Mark Whipple was the coach, you know? And Whipple's been gone for quite a while. I mean, he was with he was with Pitt for a little while, uh, led Kenny Pickett to that crazy ACC championship year took the Nebraska money, and now he's off on the farm somewhere. He's out drinking a margarita. Like, he's, <laughs> he's doing his thing. And UMass now, Don Brown, who, of course, was the D.C. at Michigan, he he's a defensive guy, first off. But uh, honestly, like, I did not expect this quick of a turnaround. Uh, prayers for anybody that had the under in this game. The under was, uh, you either got it at uh, 44 or 45, somewhere around there. It, this game was 13 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. Uh, the fourth quarter here. Let me uh, let me flip this over so that you can see. Yeah, it went nuts in the third, oh. in the fourth quarter. And it, don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously there were turnovers and and different things that were going on early in this game. It looked like a defensive battle, but man, you get to that fourth quarter and it is just uh, it it's mayhem. All right. So there's the missed field goal from New Mexico State, and and then you get into that fourth quarter and. You got a pa- the first pass of the fourth quarter is a 68 yard pass that sets you up to be able to score a touchdown. So then it's 20 to 10, UMass, and New Mexico State comes right back down the field, three plays, 79 yards in a minute and one second, and puts up another touchdown. It's 20 to 17 at that point. Um, you got a touchdown, then an interception touchdown, and then another touchdown, all right there back to back. I mean, it's <laughs> it's absolutely wild. You had a missed field goal, and then you had a touchdown to start the fourth quarter. You had touchdown, 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 interception touchdown, and then another touchdown. And then a fumble that led to another touchdown. <laughs> it was uh, it was wild. And New Mexico State, of course, put up uh, another score at the end of the game. Because why not? Let's just keep adding points. I, I was kind of wondering about that. I was like, you got two seconds. You can't even onside kick it to go, but you're just trying to get some stats. Like, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is he going to get a stat or two? 
Well, they added to it, right? So Diego Pavia, uh, 15 of 26, 248 yards, three touchdowns. He had two picks. And this is another team that I was wrong on. Uh, I had New Mexico State over five and a half uh, this year. I thought they would get to six wins. If you can't beat UMass at home, I don't know that I trust you to be able to get to six wins. So (laughs) go ahead and wipe those off the slate. Chalk that money up as a loss. Uh, I'm good. I'm good with that. So Hawaii, I had the under. New Mexico State, I had the over. I should have flipped them. You live and you learn, right? Uh, you look at some of these other numbers. Uh, 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 Fumachan or Pumachan, I, I, I heard them say it a couple of different ways last night. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just don't know. But he ran the ball 17 times for 96 yards and a touchdown and threw 10 of 17 for 192 yards. They, That's all you need if you got a good enough defense. If you're making plays on defense, I mean, let's go. They, they got a, an athletic quarterback that is pretty good. And for those that that recognize the name, but you're not sure where you recognize it from, he was the backup quarterback at Clemson behind DJ Uyunglele before Cade Klubnik got there. So just so you know, he's he's a pretty highly rated quarterback coming out of high school and looks like he has finally found a home. So that fourth quarter, though, brother, late night uh, on ESPN. I mean, that was... Absolutely bonkers. I loved it. I loved it. All right. Is there anything else that you want to hit on, brother? This and it was interesting hearing all the transfers. Oh, yes. So, so like him coming from Clemson and all these guys from bigger school. I would say, you know, I think I heard something from TCU and AM, these other bigger schools going to these lesser known schools. And it did seem like, oh, okay, that you have better talent on these teams now. Where it's not, you know, maybe you won't take, you know, those 60 to nothing beatings on it. So I'm interested to see more and more of that. I am too. I am too. UMass had a lot of uh, Power 5 transfers. You up that talent just a little bit, it helps out tremendously. So I can't wait to see what we're going to get in week one. Uh, Brother, tell them again where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram, Matt underscore PT underscore and dip underscore MDT. I am on Twitter and TikTok. Like I said, I do goofy, funny things on there. So if you need a little break, humor in your life, or if you have any questions about, you know, aches or pains or whatnot like that, oh, man, we, we can chat about that. That sounds <laughs> good. I'm excited to have you in every Sunday doing this with me. It's going to be a blast. Uh, again, everybody can find me at Gary WCE. Instagram and TikTok for now. Uh, I'll let you know when Elon gets back to me about my <laughs> suspended Twitter account and what the hell that's all about. But either way, the Bet U.S. College Football Show every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can also go over to the Winning Cures Everything Community tab on the YouTube page there and uh, check out the schedule for this year. We're going to have separate podcasts, separate YouTube, etc. But content, content, content. A whole lot of stuff coming out. So make sure that you are subscribed and that you like the video. Share it out with your friends. Tell everybody you know about it, all that good stuff. Uh, Matt, this has been a pleasure, uh, but let me go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And uh, God bless college football, of course, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, 
You can email me, Gary at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.